Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago. Where have all the flowers gone? Young girls pick them, everyone. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? We're back, and oddly enough, I'm going to start this podcast well, going down a side road and talking about somebody completely different than Marlena. But I kind of want to give tribute to this individual because he... I don't know, I'm very moved by him and by his story. And that's Kurt Garon. Uh, he appears in The Blue Angel, which is our connection to Marlena. And he plays the part of the club owner. So he's he's not the professor who falls in love with her. That's Emil Jannings. But he plays the club owner. So he's got a very important supporting part in that movie. And really, that's the only thing I've ever seen him in. But I watched a doc- documentary about him recently. And I was just so moved by what happened. Uh, Kurt Garon was a very, very, very famous singer, dancer, theatrical performer, and movie maker, both a director and an actor in interwar Berlin. So he also happened to be Jewish. So he was extremely popular, really well-loved. He was that ebullient feisty, loud, big, big personality, and people just loved him. He got into film. He made a lot of, there's a lot of silent films out there that he made, and then some talkies later. He ended up being threatened when the Nazis took over. Uh, Even though he was a big star and everything, what the Nazis started doing is they started putting pressure on places like the film studio. It was UFA, I always say UFA for short, uh, to shut out all the Jewish people so they couldn't work, they couldn't make a living, they couldn't work in theater. Things started looking very bad. So Garan and his family moved to Amsterdam because the Nazis hadn't taken over yet uh, in Europe. And there, that was a safe place to go, and he worked there. He was loved, and he want, just wanted to continue doing his work. And he took his family with him. He lived there. He made a ton of movies there. And his really good friend, Joseph von Sternberg, who we've heard of before, and also Peter Lorre, who was a very famous actor from the Berlin days as well, were in Hollywood. They were making films, and they told him they could get him work if he'd just come over to Hollywood, and he didn't want to leave Europe. That was his home. That's where he wanted to be, I guess. Well, when the Nazis started sweeping over Europe and they finally um, got up to Amsterdam, they interned him right away, sent him to a concentration camp. And what happened to Garon is just, it's just one of those things you think, what would I do in that place? How would I, how would I be? He got there, and what the Nazis wanted to do, this is sort of latish in the war, they wanted him to make propaganda films for them because he's a director about how great the concentration camps are. You know, it's like they have cafes and they have arts and everybody's living good, and they wanted to show these things to like to the Vatican and the Red Cross and, and other countries to say, you say we're mistreating these people? No, we just we just moved them uh, you know, to a different place and 
gave them a great life, and they just have wonderful opportunities there. And basically, they t- they put pressure on Garan, and the kind of pressures any Nazis could put on you uh, in a concentration camp were horrible. And they also told him that they'd kill him if he didn't do it. And so he ended up directing this film that was what they wanted, showing a great life in the concentration camp. He didn't want to do it, obviously. And I think there was some really twisted, nasty piece of those people, those Nazis who thought it would be funny, if you will, to have a Jew make a film about how great it is in the concentration camps. It was just something really twisted about that. And they would, you know, make him sing his famous songs that he was famous for. And, for example, he was famous for Mac the Knife. He was actually in the original Three Penny Opera production. That's how great he was and how uh, well he was regarded. I don't know today whether we would think he was a great artist or not, whether, you know, we would listen back and go, wow, that was really fantastic. But he was at the time. And then the deep irony of this is that after he finished the film, they told him, oh, you'll live, don't worry. They put ever all the production staff and him and his wife on a train, and they had been in the Theresienstadt concentration camp. That's where this took place. They sent them to Auschwitz, gassed them the minute they got there, and this is the part that breaks my heart. The very next day, they ordered all the gas ovens to be shut down. Wow. That was the last day of the mass genocide. And it just breaks my heart. Because even though when I first saw the Blue Angel, uh, you know, I thought he, he was fine. I didn't really notice him per se. He, you know, he did a good job. He was a fine actor. He fit in well. This second time, after I'd seen the documentary, I noticed him right away, obviously, and I was watching him. And I really saw the person's history as I watched him, the, the history he doesn't know about yet. It's history to me. And it, it just, it breaks my heart. And I feel really sad. It just brings tears to my eyes. So I wanted to kind of tell his story just a little bit, give him a little bit of tribute, um, which I think he, he deserves, and um, let you know what, uh, there's a couple documentaries out about him. Uh, the one I saw was Prisoner of Paradise. It's excellent. Got excellent footage. There are a lot of people, even some interviews of people who knew him, uh, talked about what kind of person he was and everything. And then there's another one called Tracks to Terezin. That's T-E-R-E-Z-I-N. I haven't seen that one yet, but I uh, you know, wanted to let you know that it's out there. Sorry about the downer. Sorry it's so sad, but you know, we I think we need to give due to the to this man's life. Totally an important story and just gives someone a, a greater sense of what was happening at the time that all these these movies we've been watching were being made. Well, this was and this was made uh, the Blue Angel was made in 1929. He died in 1944. Um and his last movie he made was in 32 actually. When uh, at least I think that was the last movie he made. But you look at that film, you've got the Jew who ends up being uh, destroyed by the Nazis. You've got uh, the Aryan Marlena who hated the Nazis. Then you've got Emil Jannings who, I don't know if he supported the Nazis, but he didn't really care about the Nazis. He cooperated. He collaborated. He collaborated. He went back. He, you know, he didn't, 
he didn't take any steps. And I, I got to give Marlena that. We're skipping ahead a little bit. But she did hate the Nazis. And she did a lot to support the troops, to uh, get out there. She did a lot of entertaining of troops, uh, raising of war bond money. Um, and, and she had mixed motives. I mean, she hated the Nazis. She also was in love with uh, a French freedom fighter. And she was kind of hoping to meet him in Europe. So she was over there looking for him as well. But, um, you know, I got to give it to her. So let's move back on to the fun, uh, fun life of Marlena Dietrich. <laughs> Where have all the young girls gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young girls gone? Long time ago. Where have all the young girls gone? Gone to young men, everyone went. When will they ever learn? 